and welcome once again to the How Long to Beat podcast. I am Rick, joined by Alex and Paula, aka Butterfingers. Oh. <laughs> hey. 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 Beating and retiring, not in that order. Um, we're going to talk briefly about um, my win of the previous <laughs> go of the new go of how long to beat the game uh, and the game that I'm making us all play for that. Uh, and then we're going to talk this week about negative video game design tropes, uh, which I don't know about you guys, I've done loads of prep for. I think that's a hint to say that Rick has not, but don't worry, I got you. What's <laughs> our time, yeah? <laughs> And then we'll finish off with everyone's favorite game on this show. Oh, I almost got you, Alex. The game that everyone loves to hear us play. The game that is called In ha- Some Region. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even get it this week. You're done. <laughs> it's how, how long, long to, to beat, to beat the, the, game. Game. the game. Oh, that felt so good. <laughs> God damn, sitting here going, ha, 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 ha. Well, why don't you just tell us, because Paola and I have both not beaten any games, because I think we're both playing some bigots. But Rick, you're going to hold down the fort for this one, so why don't you tell us what you've beaten this week? I've I've got a big four completions this week. I've also got one gaming-related joke. What what material are Mario's clothes made out of? Denim? Oh, denim, denim, denim. God damn it, that dad I've heard that one a few times. I saw you look at <laughs> I heard it for the first time this week and did I you? thought it was brilliant. Yeah. I did. I did. It is good. <laughs> it is very good. <laughs> uh, speaking of Mario, I'm gonna finish with the most recent of my completions, which is Mario and Luigi Partners in Time. See it's relevant. Shut up. Good game. It, it it's weaker it's the weakest of the Mario RPGs I've played, which is two of them. I I think <laughs> It was kind of designed around the gimmick of having the babies. They kind of justify themselves being there, but they kind of mess up the story because the story has to explain why they're there. And I, I feel like the mechanic led the story, not the other way around, which normally I'm a big fan of, but I feel like the gameplay is quite weak and actually the story's not great either. Um, it's just way too easy. It's way, way too easy. Um, and and that that was kind of a problem with Superstar Saga as well, but with that, they were constantly throwing enough new things at you, and it wasn't offensively easy. This borders on offensively easy. Now it's short, so it's not as big a deal as it might otherwise be. It's like fifteen hours. I think I beat it just shy of sixteen, and it is a good time. You know, it's not like it's bad. It's constantly put together. The combat's still kind of good in that active turn-based mario rpg kind of sense i just i i feel like it was a real backward step from superstar saga Mm. and although i think i gave it a seven out of ten the more i think about it the more i think a six probably more appropriate um i will say excellent use of the ds rumble pack like among the best i think rumble is so good for those rpgs where it gives you that force feedback with the timing and some of the other stuff that's going on um, and it, it, it's a real novelty in a handheld because outside of um, HD Rumble on the Switch, I don't know that there's ever been Rumble in like a proper handheld besides the Rumble Pack. Like I'm racking my brain and I don't think it's 
been no, a thing. Maybe like so. the odd promo cartridge type thing for the Game Boy or the Game Boy Advance, maybe. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's oh shit, drill dozer. But like as a thing that's in multiple games rather than one gimmicky thing. Um, I think it kind of says it all that that's like my main takeaway from the game. The rumble was good. So yeah, I feel like most view this as one of the worst ones in the series too. Like Paper Jam being the just like oh boy, um, but like from Sorry. what I see, usually it, to me it seems like Superstar Saga and Bowser's Inside Story seem like the two that people are like, yeah, that's the shit right there. And then and sometimes Dream Team as well. I played Dream Team; it's a fun game. Um, yeah, but. Super, I remember Superstar Saga, Saga was just very fun, and it's just like it's very inspired, right? But yeah, it seems like Partners in Time. Eh. <laughs> and it kind of speaks volumes that they skipped straight over remaking that one to go to Bowser's Inside Story when they did them on the 3DS again. Um, I have my DS copy of Bowser's Inside Story bouncing around somewhere. I'm excited um, to get back to that one. That'd be good. Yeah, I have that one on 3DS um, that I'm looking forward to checking out. Someday, mm. he says. Someday, the fucking games I have. Backlog is real. Um, I also finished up FIFA 22. I'm not going to dwell on this too much. Like I, I won the season. I'm counting that as a win. I, I stopped it because FIFA is a problem. Like it, it's a good game, but it's kind of it. It's like a fast food game. It's so easy to just fucking binge on, and it's kind of devoid of substance <laughs> at a certain point. And I love it. But it's not healthy for me. And it's also to the detriment of a lot of other games that I want to play. So it, when it came free on PS Plus, I was like, ah, oh, cool. I'll check that out Like over the proceed, over the following four or five days. I more or less did nothing but work, sleep, and FIFA, and occasionally a bit of food. And it's just like, this this can't go on. So I've, I've had my little binge. FIFA's, FIFA's away for now. I'm calling it a completion. And that's done. Um, I also finally finished, and I haven't talked about this in a little while, but it's been ticking away on the back burner. Fishing Paradiso. It's the, the bear restaurant, the same devs. It's really cool. It definitely gets a bit more grindy towards the end. I'm not sure I really think it was worth putting the extra effort in because like, there's a credit roll and then there's much more game beyond that to actually complete the game proper. I think I probably should have stopped at the credit roll. Like, it's good. And it's a good free-to-play game in that it's really not offensive in how it does the monetization. Mechanically, it's quite thin. It's just a nice little time waste. It, it, it's hard to really give it any more or less than that, but absolutely worth checking out if you want something to sort of fiddle away with for two or three minutes at a time on the phone. Uh, it's really nicely pitched. It's only a couple of pounds to get rid of adverts. If you don't get rid of adverts, they're actually not that intrusive. So that was a nice one. And my final completion, and I, I want to talk quite a bit about this, uh, going under. Uh, it's I liked this more than Hades. Now, is it a better game than Hades? Objectively, probably not. Hades is definitely a lot, a lot deeper. Um, Hades has a lot of other systems around it. Going under is much more combat focused, um, and the the fluff around the combat is a lot um, less dense hmm. than Hades. And you know, for a lot of people, that maybe is a minus point. Uh, for me, I liked it. It felt like I was getting more action more of the time. Um, it also felt like I was less at the whim of the things that I found on each run, which, again, some people might see as a minus. I really felt like it was a plus. Um, the game is also a fair bit shorter. So I, I saw everything there was to see in about 11 or 12 hours. Um, main plus rather than like a 100% completion run, but I did 
do a fair few extra runs that I didn't really need to do just to sort of tick off little challenges rather than to sort of progress the main story, which for an action-focused roguelike, the story is exceptional. It's really, really satirical, uh, plays a lot on sort of modern workplace culture, um, algorithmic stuff, it just really biting satire. Um, hmm. Full of full and full of laughs. There is also a sausage dog called a Claire, which is very very cute. <laughs> nice. Um, and you can you can equip her. She's one of the one of the items that you can pick up in the dungeon. She'll like sniff out little items for you as you're <laughs> running around the dungeon. Uh, the art style is wonderful. It's all kind of low poly, but not in like a PS one way, in more of a clean, like uh, plain polygonal shape kind of way. It looks very Katamari esque. Um, yeah, that, that's a really good description, actually. And visually, it's very clean, which is important for a game like this because you can, you've can you almost got no iframes and one hit can turn into four or five very quickly, not in an unfair way, but in a you constantly have to be on your toes way because things can spiral out of your control if you're not careful, particularly with environmental things like fire, ice, thunder, which for some reason are rolling around in the dungeons. Um, this goes super cheap on Switch. It's also on PC. Switch, I had some minor, not at all game-breaking performance issues. Not with combat, weirdly enough, but with like random dialogue in the little hub space between missions. For about four hours of my playthrough, the dialogue would skip, and then it just sort of fixed itself again. Um, but having played it on PC and played it again on Switch, the Switch version holds up really, really phenomenally well. And it, it's a really good game for that kind of thing. The colors just pop when they're in your hand and close to you. And the gameplay itself... Because a successful dungeon run is 15 to 20 minutes. It, the gameplay really lends itself to that kind of pick-up-and-play situation. Um, I I really, really enjoyed my time with this game. I thought it was very well executed, both mechanically and uh, in, in its story. And I think it's an easy recommendation for anyone who likes roguelikes, who liked Hades, who likes anything in that kind of vein. Uh, and I think even if you don't, the story actually kind of does enough to justify pushing through a little bit, which isn't normal of me to say. Normally, I'm a, I'm a gameplay first guy. Uh, but this is one of those great cases where it absolutely does both really, really well. And in a tight package, it feels like it really respects your time um, in spite of mildest of spoilers asking you to sort of do some of the early levels in rejigged forms later in the game. Uh, I think it does enough in reusing those materials to make that make a lot of sense. And even with all of that, if you didn't do all the extra bits I did, I think you could beat this game in under 10 hours while still having lots to then go back to should you enjoy the gameplay. And that's my plan down the line is to go back and, and 100% this one. So big old recommendation for going under, particularly regularly goes on sale on Switch for like 75% off. And remember, is, Game Pass. Is, of course it's on Game Pass as well. Yeah, all, mm. all the more reason. Absolutely be checking that one out. Um, so that's all my completions. Uh, I think, yes, it's all my completions. There's one I've almost completed, <laughs> but I'll talk about that in playing. Um, so let's move straight on to retireds. And all three of us weirdly have retirements, including Gaspala with what what one, not two, but three retirements. Although Sims 3 and Sims 4. <laughs> it's, like, it's like two and a half retirements. <laughs> Tell us all about them. Okay, so I went to like uh, just your grace because... It was on Game Pass. It sounded like just my jam of managing kingdoms and all like that. And the thing with this is that it was going out of Game Pass like in a week, like at the time of 
you listening to to this episode, it already has gone poof on the on the Game Pass page. So in this game, you have to manage a kingdom, but you also have to manage the king's family, in a way. So between that and the fact that you have to, you have multiple, I guess. Endings are like branching paths, but by branching paths, I mean you probably will run into running out of resources and getting a game over, thus making multiple playthroughs of the thing a giant pain in the ass. So I actually felt once when I was like pretty far in and I was like, yep, nope. After Realizing I have to do anything, everything, and anything all over again, and it didn't have a skip button for the text. Yeah, no, thank you, sir, but fuck you. <laughs> now you're brave. Now you're So yeah, that's the story with Jester Grace. If you like this kind of game, I do recommend you using like some kind of guide or something like that. Or at the very least, like be very careful with your resources or have. I don't remember if you can have multiple saves, but save more or less when you think you're at a good spot in your kingdom. So that way you don't have to start all over again the way I did. It was frustrating. I really like, I wanted to, to like it. So after that, I kind of had like, I guess, a bit of nostalgia for, uh, for a bit. So I wanted to try The Sims 3 because I am a very big fan of The Sims 2, and since I didn't want to go um, sailing the seven seas to get The Sims 2 installed with all the, the patches in, in the process and getting some viruses with them, I decided to play The Sims 3. And you know what? I don't like this. Like, you, you think The Sims would be like very consistent during the ages, but First of all, in The Sims 3, you have like this open world and you can like walk your Sims like all over the neighborhood without like any loading screens. But the game is awfully optimized to the point that you have to have like a very good computer or have like everything like very low settings for it to run. And also the loading screens take forever when they do happen. Like the loading screen to get into the game Easy five to ten minutes, easily. And my computer is good. Like I built this computer for gaming, and it was barely handling the Sims Three. That's how badly optimized this thing was. Yeesh. Um. Also, I have to say, whoever designed the UI for this game, you need to revise some things about the UI because it was awful. Like, I was trying to build because one of my favorite things to do in the themes, besides, you know, having everything go to shit at some point because of the pure chaos of my playthrough, is the building. And, like, it was so poorly organized, everything. Even though you could, like, choose the, the exact hue or shading or color of your stuff it was so unorganized that and like the camera controls were different and it was just 
painful to try to build anything or like place furniture or stuff like that. And everything in the game is so expensive. Like, I don't know, they go, they went through steamflation or something like that because everything is so pricey. So I had like a one room house and even trying to build that one room house was a pain in the ass. So, well, I didn't get to play with my sims because I threw the devil before that because the experience was just painful. So after that, I went to the Sims 4 and I have to say the UI has improved very, very much. And oh my God, this is so well optimized. Thank you. I don't know if my, uh, the, I don't know if like the, the comparison was like, so astronaut week that it felt like the Sims 4 had like no loading screens at all. But yeah, the Sims 4 is very optimized. Not a lot of loading it has a lot of loading screens, but you don't spend much time on them. So thank you. Thank you whoever did that because otherwise I would have to just throw the travel again. But and I have to say like the the building UI a lot more manageable, a lot more friendly. You have your stuff like separated, like depending on the room you're gonna use it. And in a way that it's very easy like to pick the stuff you want, which thank you. Thank you for making my life easier. And then you have the, the, the Sims playthrough that is more reminiscent of the Sims 2 in a way because you're able to micromanage your Sims like a little bit more and they do from time to time start doing stuff if you're like not watching them. Like I got distracted in, in the first but second and then my Sim was dancing to the music like there was no tomorrow. And, but it's not like in the Sims 3, like if you, you could leave your Sims to live their life and just watch in a way. So in that way, like this industry kind of plays itself. Like uh, pretty much like when you're not watching, but here you have, it needs more input from the player, which I like because if the game is gonna play itself, why would I play the game? Um, ignore completely that that comes from a visual novel player. But yeah. Um, still, there were like a lot more systems in the game, like with, with each game, like the, the scenes have gotten like more and more, um, complex in a way, because first you have like a very basic Sims in the Sims 1, then you have like, oh, you can give your Sims dreams and stuff, and if they, uh, follow, if they, if they follow their dreams, then you can make them happier and they will have a happier and longer life. But now it's like, you can pinpoint like everything on the personality and honestly, it's just tiring. Like, if I have to choose from all the Sims games because I have played all the Sims games, I feel like even though it is very outdated on some aspects, especially like, um, like in the clothing, I'm uh and furniture department the sims 2 is a pretty darn good game like it is a lot of fun like 
it is a lot more fun than The Sims 3 and it has everything The Sims 4 has, minus like the over complexity of everything, which for some players, I know it's their jam, but for me, I prefer going back to the simple times. So yeah, that those are my retirements that took way longer than it should have, in more ways than one. <laughs> so Alex, you've been kind of quiet. Yeah, Take I mean, away, please. like I, I technically beat this last week, Monster Train, but like I, I kept playing um, and I unlocked all the factions. Uh, I didn't I didn't do the DLC stuff just because I, I didn't feel like buying, but I unlocked all the factions. Um, and honestly, still think this is a wonderful game. The only reason I retired it is because it is this is what I do with every single roguelike game. I had a moment where like I saw my reflection in the screen and I went you got to stop because <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, you could play this game forever or you can go play all those other games that are like, Alex, play me in the corner <laughs> or on my steam library. Like, come on, dude, we're hogging up space on your hard drive. I'm like, I like to imagine the games you're not playing as kids in class where they're like, want you to pick them. And you know, when the kids are like reach nooks, they think it's the hands yeah. the highest. You'll like ask them to answer the question. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, like it was my birthday recently. Right. And like my, uh, my folks gave me, like they let me buy and like eat uh, GameStop here is like, I think they're really like, they want you to buy their fucking used games hard. Right. Cause that's where they make their money, but they've been running sure. some like legitimately excellent promos or it was like buy four used games, get like 40% off of the whole thing. And yeah. Mm. Right. And like, I also had a gift. So I got like new games. I got like tiny Tina's wonderlands, Lego, Star- the Skywalker saga. What else did I get? I don't even, I don't even fucking remember. I got two other games. <laughs> <Can't> <laughs> even. Oh no. That's gonna, that's gonna drive me absolutely freaking crazy if i can't remember birthday what present well spent two games are i know right well i also got because then what they did was they gave me oh yeah yeah, yeah. i got stranger of paradise final fantasy origin okay. because it looks hilarious and i really want to experience that and i got sekiro shadows stranger of chaos final chaos exactly i want to kill chaos <laughs> um and then they because i bought all those they gave me a free game as well so i got devil may cry 5 the special edition Ooh. so i was right so I, I have all these games that i'm like these are good games and i know that i'm leaving my beautiful tv and xbox in a month for a couple months because i'll be going to another uh city mm-hmm. to live for a little bit with my partner so i'm just like i gotta play all the xbox games now uh, so yeah. looking at monster train i was like bruh i cannot spend any more time on you <laughs> gotta leave you behind so it's I, not you it's me it literally that's what it felt like i was like <laughs> seriously you're like a really amazing roguelike game that isn't predatory and really respects my time and i respect you but now i have to leave you (laughs) (laughs) so really though like i i just can't recommend this enough for people like i said it's on game pass like please give this game a try if you like roguelikes at all and if you're a fan of deck building games in any way shape or form definitely get this because the nice thing is that you're not like you know you're picking up cards as you play and that's the kind of deck building that i love where it's like okay, instead of like looking at all these amazing cards and then coming up with a deck, it's just really nice because each time, each run that you go in with this game, it's like, I don't know exactly what kind of deck I'm going to use. I know some strats for each of these, um, you know, clans and factions, but it's going to kind of depend on what I'm given and what artifacts that I'm given. And I found it really satisfying to just like delve in there and learn like what cards kind of work nice with each other and learn what factions and like how they change each other a bit because the secondary cards can really change your run and how you're playing um and yeah i don't know it's just it's such a it's a very clever game in like the best kind of way uh way where it's like it's clever but it's like here we're gonna gonna kind of like 
will drip feed you this stuff, but not so slow that you're frustrated. It's like, you're going to unlock a lot of stuff each run. Um, and you unlock all these cards. And I almost have, I, I like max leveled uh, a couple of the clans. Um, Cause they have like 10 levels where you get all their cards. And then I, I kind of feel like once you've got all their cards, it's like, that's when like, if you're like very serious about the game, it's like, this is where the fun begins, right? Like you're like, let's go. Like you're now you can like really take on the covenant and go up in the ranks. And I think I beat covenant two, I think um there's like there's so many covenant ranks but i just some of them i just i just couldn't do it man like there's some where i was like this is this is balls hard and they tempt you because each level you come into they'll be like oh hey if you turn on this extra thing you'll get a special reward and they'll tell you exactly what the Uh reward is and oh god it's good shit and like in normal runs i'll always do it now because i can decimate in a normal run but in the covenant you really are like shit dude like okay all the units are going to enter with spikes so that when your units hit them you take that damage and but oh but you'll get a random artifact and the artifacts are so important like i found that of all things artifacts because they give you permanent buffs right um and some of them are wild like one of them it's like minus two um cost for your creatures which if you're running a deck that has low creature cost already that just means all your creatures are now free to play every turn and like that's huge if you have a high spell deck. anyway this game got me really nerdy i was like i'm getting into all the stuff and i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna go on the spike deck i'm gonna do that it's like very fun i <laughs> just like i don't know it's because it, it solves that issue with some of these deck builder games where like i don't know you play a game like hearthstone or something and like when they're competitive against uh you know pvp eventually there's becomes a metagame right and there is there are just a couple viable strats right like that's ultimately what happens in them where it's like well ultimately there's just this these are the viable strats that's what you have to do but in a game like this where you know pve it's like well there is just so much more that you can do right and like you can really test out a lot of different strategies and i think there are probably many that people don't even haven't even hit yet um because there's just so much variation and and like mixing up that you could do within the game and there's like eight well because there's five um clans so five you know decks but then there's also a sixth deck that you can get and each one has two champions and those champions can be quite different because they have different sets of cards with them so it's just like there's a lot of variety in there um for Mm -hmm. a roguelike and so much like so much accessibility there's so many things you can change and click through and like there's daily challenges which are hard as balls but it's fun to compete and see all the other players playing and see where they get fucked um so anyway monster train is great i had to put it down because i think i could have spent a lot of my life playing that game (laughs) i was not gonna do that uh anyway rick why don't you uh tell us what 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 were you what did you retire there What, what happened to you didn't finish your trek yeah, it was a trek to know me. Um, <laughs> so the, 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 the game is almost as bad as that pun. It, it's yeah. it's a classic sort of all style, no substance setup, and that was a big risk going in because you could tell that they were really leaning heavily on this Kurosawa, but properly this time kind of marketing angle. And visually, yeah, they they probably do hit that. It it is a very striking aesthetic for the game and it feels like it's built around it in a way that, that Sushima's mode never really was Sushima's mode was just kind of like a filter over what is an incredible game but should not be played with that turned on in my yeah. personal view Trek to Yomi almost doesn't really want you to play it because the mechanics are so thin and bare bones and just shoddily cobbled together so to give you an example the game in its combat has this real bare bones like 
dodge parry counter sort of setup like you've seen in a million other games and like any other game that's tried to make that system work on a 2d plane it's just gross because you just end up queuing up enemies either side you don't have the mobility to utilize that setup um doubly so trexiomi because there's a button to turn around so you end up pressing back mean to aim the other side and actually you just end up stepping back into the enemy that you want to turn and face uh, beyond that the counter just feels timing just feels timing off the timing for the counters just feels off and there is a visual cue that visual cue is a glint of the sword which oftentimes blends into the black and white visual that the game has set up for itself Ooh. because it's very very small and very hard to see and that timing is super important because it's not when you think it's going to be because what the game loves to do is cinematically have everything slow down when you do your counter strike and then the enemy is there gargling as the two parts like come away from each other kind of thing but that only works if you're either able to see the visual cue which i found very difficult or if you can train your brain into understanding that actually the parry window is a beat off from what you're expecting it to be. Um, I thought the combat was toss. The visuals weren't enough to hold me. Yes, it's a short game. Uh, yes, it's free on Game Pass, which is how I tried it. I probably wouldn't have bothered otherwise. Um, I don't personally think it's worth anyone but the most diehard of Kurosawa genre fans' time. I just don't think it's a good game. The gameplay is not strong. And that doubles up in terms of the environments. The environments are beautiful from a visual perspective. The way that everything's laid out is very cinematic and visually impressive. But it also leads to situations where you're not actually sure if things are backdrop or actual like pathway that you can go down. Because it does the 2.5D thing where you're moving on a 2D plane, but that 2D plane also curves and moves in and out. And actually, 2D sort of becomes 3D sometimes. And so the whole thing just feels e-whiff and inconsistent and gross. I didn't like this at all. I really didn't. I tried to struggle through it because I knew it was only a couple of hours. I got maybe half an hour in and couldn't stomach any more. And then having watched a couple of reviews, I think I probably made the right call because it didn't look like it was getting, if not any better, any more to my taste. So I, I really had a bad time with this one. I won't lie. I was sort of surprised when you started playing this because I, I felt like I was like, I don't think Rick's going to like this game. Because I remember Abitage talking about it. I think Abitage liked it. And I was like, this isn't a Rick game. <laughs> uh, it's a free on Game Pass game. So it's like, yeah. while I've got Game Pass, I'm going to give it a try. Yeah. I've been curious so. about it, but I'm kind of like, honestly, I'm probably just going to get Sifu on the PC eventually for my kind of, ninja e samurai beat him up pc vibe pc foo yeah mm. <laughs> i've got it on ps4 i'm looking forward to playing it it looks amazing it does look amazing it looks right up the alley that and that's a different example of like gameplay king uh, kind of game there but anyway. yes yeah but with a strong aesthetic still by the looks of it exactly. people sing that game's praises so much um my other time it's quite a good game dot project uh, a little android puzzle that was recommended by a friend of the podcast r2d2 1999 it's puzzle game I don't finish puzzle games. I rarely finish puzzle games. This is just another classic example of that. I had my fill. I got to the point where I felt like I was just groundhog daying it. I was like, cool, done now. Um, and I got onto a different Android game, which I'll talk about when we get to the playing, that is amazing and is also teaser made by the same people who made Invento. But before we get there, I'm going to stop talking. 
I'm going to let Alex start talking again. Alex, tell us about the games that you've been playing. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I have really been playing one game. <laughs> and I, I'll talk about that in a second, but I have a bunch on here because I'm technically still playing them, but they're kind of taking a, mm. like a little bit mm. of a break. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still playing Bushi Seruden. Which I have gotten further in because I listened to last week's episode before this to be like, what did I say again? <laughs> Which is my classic thing every time. And I have gotten further in that game. That game is still super fun. Like I I really, really like this. And you know, I was thinking about it, and I know, I know we always compare like Dark Souls, blah, 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 but we talk a lot about Dark Souls and like that idea of the bonfire and like that, you know, you that journey of like you're getting better and like every time you see that next spot where you can sit down and like you have a moment of rest and heal up is like, oh my God, yes, I've made it. Like it, there's that feeling in it. And I know that that itself was hearkening back to an older style of game, right? Like to um, to different Japanese games from the NES, SNES era, et cetera. And this game itself to me feels like one of those games that it like maybe took some influence from in some ways because like the way you heal in this essentially is like yeah you have items and stuff that you can use but you're a little limited but then whenever you get to these bells there are these bells all throughout and those bells heal up your hp and your mp and it is like hallelujah and it's dear it's different than the in system right because like you know there was in systems but in those systems too you'd have like you'd have like a, a cure spell right like you had something you had like your party to manage and whatnot but this one feels different because it's just you and your little floaty buddy. Um, and you can get just decimated in these battles. Like, holy hell. It is very much like, I, I'm glad I'm playing it with save states. Because I'm like, this game can fucking go at you pretty intensely when it wants to. Um, because if you mess up a move. Because again, it's that like, when you stand still, the world is still. When you move, the world moves. Um, and if you mess up they're gonna attack you real good <laughs> and like i've been hit with some monsters and they're very vertical levels and it's just been it's been really fun but it's been intense um i'm looking forward to playing through more of it i'm probably actually going to take this little snes mini i realize this is kind of a perfect thing to take with me uh when we go because uh, my my partner and i are going to be living in another city for a bit in, in uh in july and august and um i think the accommodations they're putting us up and have as a tv you know like this is kind of a perfect little thing to bring because the snes mini is so tiny that it's like i just kind of pop that in and it could be my little thing so if i don't make much progress over the next bit you can expect this game probably next month <laughs> um but who knows maybe i'll just beat it um i haven't played a lot more of wildermyth uh again it's because it's pc and i know that i'm gonna have months where i'm just gonna be with my pc so i'm like really kind of waiting to like bust out those pc games um uh, but still love it it's still great final fantasy 4 advanced gotten further in it um definitely gonna end up beating this one playing with a guide is just super it's super fun um started playing shovel knight pocket dungeon because i got my birthday i got some like uh eShop points and i always wanted to get this one and it's also never gone on sale and to be honest here i kind of want to support yak club games at full you know like i like what they do and i appreciate them throwing out like very um polished side games that are so much fun like this and pocket dungeon is really fucking fun um it's hard as hell i've been finding <laughs> but it's really cool because the idea is like you're going through as you're like and you, you get to play as all the knights eventually i think but you got to beat them and there was something at first that i didn't fully know i'm gonna have to go back because i'll be honest with you i was a little under the influence when i played this game <laughs> night, so i'm like pretty sure i read this right but i don't know um uh, but there is like um um uh what was it 
they're like they have this infant stock option which plays more like a puzzle game or then there's like kind of like the one stock where it's more like a roguelite and like when your board full fills up you like die automatically but i can't really tell what that means because it seems like when my board gets full up and it closes off i still have to restart anyway so i'm like i don't really know what that (laughs) what's going on there i have to like figure out some of the mechanics a little bit more um but i'm enjoying it a lot like you essentially you play first a shovel knight and you're on like a board um and it's got like there'll be like blocks and there's enemies and you can chain the enemies together right so like when you bump into someone, you attack them with your shovel. And if there's uh, a chain, you're going to deal the damage that you, like one damage basically, um, to everyone in that chain. So the idea is that like monsters will hurt you. Um, when you attack, they attack you if you're standing next to them. So if you try to individually take out all the monsters, you're fucked, right? Like there's tons of potions and all that. But the idea is that you really want to lay all the monsters into a big chain. And then that way you can basically just take like two damage to take out all of these uh, monsters. Um, And all at the same time, there's blocks falling the entire time coming through. Um, Now they do recommend, and this is probably where I'm going at fault, is that they're like, if you stand still, the board will slow down take your time, figure it out. And I'm like, never ah! <laughs> running through. And clearly it's meant to be more puzzly gamey where you're supposed to take your time. But I'm like, nah, bro, I'm going to go hit blocks. So <laughs> I did get one of the nights. So I, I did okay. Um, but yeah, I got to slow down and start like figuring it out a little more. Uh, really good puzzle game though. Now, the true game that I've been playing is Lost Judgment. I have been playing this game at this point for 36 hours. And... I am about a little more than halfway through, I'd say, maybe three, three, three quarters, I think, all the way through. Um, I've basically completed all the school stories. So, okay, this game does some really awesome shit with the kind of Yakuza formula, and I actually think it just completely improves over judgment. I was talking, I think, with Paolo on our Discord a bit about this, but, like, I truly think if you want to get into the Yakuza series, really, you can just play judgment. And then Lost Judgment. And you don't even have to get into Yakuza. You can just play these two. They, they stand up perfectly on their own. Or you can just play Yakuza 7. But what I did, and I, I think this is a really good way of doing it, is like start with zero, try Judgment out, um, hit like a dragon, and then play Lost Judgment. Because those, like the, those in-betweens are going to give you a lot of variety. And the reason I think that is because the zero is very much in Kamurocho. And then there's also a little bit, and I can't remember where Majima is, but there's like another little section that you get to play in as well. And then you've got um, Judgment, which is also set in Kamurocho. But then you have like a dragon, which is set in Ninjincho, and Lost Judgment, which is set in Ninjincho and Kamurocho. You can kind of go in between both. Um, so like the maps give you such a beautiful kind of variety within it. And like they've gotten so much better. They're just so much better at what they do now. Like these games are Lost Judgment is beautiful. Like, it is incredibly well made. Their character models are stunning. Of course, all the thugs, they even make fun of this, though, in one of their, like, side quest things. Like, this guy comes up, and Yagami's like, haven't I seen you at, like, a supermarket or something? And he's like, no, I'm I'm special. (laughs) He's like, everyone always says I look like everyone else. And I was like, he's like, I swear, don't you actually? And he like, he definitely is the same character model as one of the guys at the store. So like, they 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 poke fun lightly at it, and like in ways that still allow it to fit in with like the world. But you're like, hmm, that's good, I like that. Um, and the English dub in this one is superbly done. I think in the first one, Judgment, I found it was a little bit 
like we're still sort of figuring this out but i think now with seven in this whoa and i would actually kind of to be honest unless you speak japanese i think i recommend the english dub because it even they even this time and this is where i think things were different they dubbed the incidental audio as well now there are some some interactions on the street that'll still be in japanese and there are some funny things like there's this dance club and their motto is hop step rabbits but you can tell that they just left the Japanese voices because it's like, hop, steps, rabbitsu. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, that ain't English. <laughs> that's fine. That's cute. Um, but yeah, like all the incidental like fight stuff. And even there's like a boxing mini game where like guys will, will actually shout advice to you. And if you were doing it in Japanese, they're just going to shout Japanese words at you. And you'll be like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> so I actually was like, this is pretty incredible. And like all the voices really match up well. And across the board, the voice acting is very very good um so okay anyway this this game's incredible like there are there's like three games in one here i mean way more than that way more than that because they have so many mini games that are really 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 good and fun but there's like two really i would say super main core stories that are happening because there's the main story and then there are what are called the school stories and I've, at this point, I've completed all the school stories except for the final one, which is like the, like, anyway, which I'm going to get back to when we finish this. <laughs> um, but essentially, because you're within the school, Serio High School, there's this big, you know, mystery going on. Because, well, there's lots of bullying, essentially. And a kid, you know, years ago um, committed suicide at the school because he was being bullied. It gets pretty intense. Uh, it gets actually very intense. Like, there's some stuff in this that, like, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just because... Uh, I don't know what this is, but like in Yakuza games, I can see somebody get like killed and you're like, whatever, <laughs> you know, but then they'll show like some like footage of just like very intense bullying and it's like very degrading and shit. And for some reason, it is just so much worse to watch because you're like, uh, uh, you know, like it's not very, cause it's very, it's quite real. Right. And like the Yakuza games and, and I'd say judgment as well. They have a, they have a tone problem. They do. Um, where like the main story is so serious. Right. But then you'll spend like, you know, like I, I spent like 10 hours playing Virtua Fighter 5 and uh, a robotics minigame and a, a motorcycle death race while also doing a rhythm dance club game where I'm helping a dance club get to the finals, the nationals, essentially. And then it's like, then you come back and you're like, oh, yeah, main story. And you pop in. And it's just like, here's this graphic video of a kid being murdered. And you're like, you know you're just like oh my God. you're like holy shit okay well whiplash total whiplash but like it also somehow works well i don't know because again because you get to kind of drive how quickly you want to do those stories so like you know i i really love the school stories because they kind of replace the side cases because in the first one they have side cases right where like the idea is you just kind of um i mean really frankly it's just like you do random stuff around the town Right. And that was a big Yakuza thing. And so in judgment, they kept that. They're like, okay, well, there'll be side cases because Yagami's a detective. So this makes sense. But what ended up being an issue is that like, while the side cases are fun and funny, they very rarely actually link together. Right. So in this one, what they decided instead is like, okay, why don't we do this thing where like we do these school stories, which are basically 10 clubs in the school that have mini games involved with them but are all telling an overarching story about this character called the professor who's like influencing students at the school. So it's like, hey, you get to be a detective in a lot of different ways and do a lot of fun, interesting mini games um, while connecting it all together. So it kind of replaces, there are side cases, but the side cases 
um, are much fewer and far more streamlined. And I actually appreciate that because like there's like one very overarching um, side case, then also like the girlfriends in it, right? Like they have like people you can date. They have their own side cases as well. So they kind of meld all this stuff together and make it, uh, it just, it just feels cleaner and, um, and just better, honestly. And like the school stories itself feel like an entire game, honestly, like a, a mini game compilation game with like interesting story beats to it. Like the boxing mini game in this game is a full fledged fucking boxing game. Like it mm. is very good. I loved Fight Night Champion when I was like on the 360. This is a fucking full boxing game and it is very, very good. And I also highly recommend I, I bought the season pass because I want to play the Kaito files later because I hear they're great. But they also added in the season pass some DLC like related to the school stories. That is so fucking worth it because it basically just like gives you the best, like gives you items that are kind of like amazing and like really helpful. And like for the motorcycle race one in particular was much needed because those races are actually fucking hard (laughs) at a certain point. And they give you like an excellent bike. It's like the best motorcycle you can get kind of thing. And then like you can also fight your like some of your pals in the boxing so anyway lost judgment is like at the moment like for me personally is hitting like 10 out of 10 right now because i'm just like this is like an incredible game um it's obviously not perfect but like i just i don't know it has so many ideas in it that are executed well that i'm like i don't know how i can give it anything else like i i don't know what more i ever want from a game and like even to the point where like i sometimes fault you know the Yakuza games for being a little too like, um, you know, just sit there and mash a button like as you go through um, stuff ish. But this one's just like, hey, we're gonna make it as streamlined for you as possible. And like, yeah, there's lots of cutscenes and stuff, but don't worry, we intersperse the type of cutscenes. And sometimes you get to choose options, and sometimes you get to do this. And hey, guess what? You have a skateboard, so you can skate all around town if you want. Fuck yeah, right? And I'm like, yes, fuck yes. I do like that. <laughs> so anyway, I cannot recommend these games to you two enough. Like it, judgment even like it, the nice thing is it's so easy to get into them these days. Like fucking like a dragon is on um, game pass. I'm like, just play that game and you're, you're fucking in, you know, um, if you want a good RPG, the judgment itself usually is goes for pretty cheap. And I'm just like, it's so worth it. It is so much fun. And I, there's no, game company making games like rjj makes like they're just aren't rgg rgg that's it um they just aren't right now honestly okay anyway that's my rant about lost judgment i love this game very much what do you talk about games <laughs> also can i just say something quick paolo and rick right now are doing this like like rick has this red light on him and paolo has a blue light on her so i'm just i've just got this very colorful uh look going on right now <laughs> Speaking of that, Pella, do you want to talk about what you're doing? Because I think so. I've been playing a lot because um, I kind of had like a kind of like a rest week, uh, a uh, a break week, whatever you want to call it. And I was also on Ant Beauty, so there's a bit of random stuff. But also, I've been wanting to try some new stuff, and going um, I wanted to go back to some older stuff. So there's. Like these combinations of things here. So, uh, first of all, Barrier of a Barricade, I finished the third route out of four. And I gotta say, like, I really wanted to like this route because, I don't know, it kinda seemed like more of a jump, but they had to introduce, like, these, um, 
unnecessary drama that it was like, why? Just why? Like, you had, like, a very well-rounded character. You had, like, this um, very interesting story. It's very interesting background. And this seems to be going well. And then I realized there were there was, like, a whole board left. So, of course, there was drama. Of course, uh, something had to strap everything. And in this case, it was a, it was kind of a downer. Like you had something here, developers. Mm. You, you didn't go home with it. Like you, you you just had to put something like that. I don't know. Like they just could have gone like all the way with the fluffiness, and everyone would have been happy. But anyways, uh, next I've been playing Pokemon Shining Pearl. Mainly, I've been doing some Pokemon completion. We got some. Oh, we actually got some Shroomishes. You got uh, Shroomish, okay? Yeah, we got some Shroomish, <laughs> and we got a lot of Shroomish now. So we've been um, distributing them into the world, like releasing them into the world, so more people can have them. Um, and then we played a uh, Breath of the Wild bingo. A little reminder that when I say a uh, Breath of the Wild bingo is that you generate like a bingo board with um, challenges for the game. And the first player to, in this case, to complete the entire board was the winner of the race. We were playing with my boyfriend and my nephew. And it was a three-way race, which in the end, it was a two-way race because, like, my nephew was like, hey, you know what? I'm done with this. Um, <laughs> why don't you two battle it out? Because we were both, like, on the last um, bingo challenge that was battle, uh, defeat Ganon. And you know what? We left it at a tie because, like, he had to get like a perfect run for him to win because he had like no food at all so if he got hit <laughs> he will die he would die and in my case i have the food but i have to like manage my weapons because i have just enough weapons to get me to the final stage and then i could like get the the, the weapons for uh, to defeat like the 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 I guess the second stage of canon. Okay. We don't go into much of a spoiler, but yeah. And the thing is, is that at the end, I got there with weapons to spare, but I died. So we pretty much ended up rage quitting that challenge. And it was like, <laughs> let's call it a tie. Next ah, time we're you. making, next time we're doing like a waiter or bingo because this was like a normal uh, size bingo. So you could choose like a bingo with charter goals or charter challenges, which we're going to do. And no way in hell we're doing a full board again. No way in hell, because that took multiple sittings to do. As in a whole week of sitting down all three together and racing through Breath of the Wild. <laughs> It was fun, don't get me wrong, but Jesus, not yeah, a good idea. Sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of fun too, but it was a lot. Um, I also started East One Chronicles on the PSP. Mm. I wanted to play it on Steam, but for some reason the game kept crashing. So 
I had to make use of my jailbroken uh, Vita for this job or for uh, this game in particular. Naughty, naughty. <laughs> um, I'm, like I'm still sad that I paid for the game and I couldn't like play it like legitimately. But anyway, I, I play. I I'm playing this. It I've played a little bit of Origin, East Origin before, mm-hmm. and let me say, this is a very different game because they're for like action RPGs, but in this case you have to like just tackle whatever you're trying to kill to kill it and how the math works i have no idea like how it is calculated like if you receive damage or if you deal damage or both no idea but it works that's what matters right now because it is like it shows the age of this game shows on mm. how uh, things are implemented and how uh of just like some of the tips they give you are but i'm still having fun and oh my god the the music is a total banger like the ost of this game is you you have to like look it up somewhere because it is very good um i'm only like one hour and a half through i think and I've just cleared like the first boss and I'm like on my way to the second boss of the game. Hmm. And then I decided to play a little bit of Animal Crossing New Horizons, like the DLC where you are able to build vacation homes for your uh, various villagers because I really wanted to decorate. Like the Sims, the Sims 3, the Sims 4 didn't, didn't do it for me. So let's go to the game about decorating. What a concept! I don't know how I didn't think about it before, but there. Um, so I decorated a couple of vacation homes, um, and that's about it on Animal Crossing New Horizons. And then we, my boyfriend, we were like, hey, what about playing something new on Game Pass? So we went with Taiko no Tatsujin, the drum master. And this game is a lot of fun! Like. I really want a taiko, like the drum, to play it because it's it looks like it would be like either like so much fun and such a workout, but so much fun. Can confirm I've played an arcade machine one and it's way more fun with the proper drum. Yeah, I, I would imagine because like isn't it's just it's just a drum, right? Like <laughs> I just dude, it's not just a drum. It is it's though, not just right? A drum. <laughs> It's one drum. Like I've always wondered about this game because isn't so the, the, it, the whole concept is like it, it can register kind of left and right, but okay. also rim shots versus central hits, and also hard hits. And because there are parts of it where it expects you to like drum roll, the tactility of having an actual drum skin and being able to roll oh, uh, oh, oh. the sticks off it, like it makes all the difference. Oh, oh, yeah. I have zero doubt about that. Sorry, I was actually thinking about that that like home version because like the small one that you can buy for it. I'm I'm always curious about if that one feels good because I I have zero doubt like what you're saying that the arcade is probably extremely fun. But the problem uh, is supposed to be pretty good actually. Yeah, is like, it? Okay. It's not it's not just a piece of plastic that you happen to hit. Like it is designed to give you that same feeling in a smaller body and. You can buy third-party ones that are supposed to be pretty piss, and yeah. you'll find people that, you know, same with DDR and stuff like that, will homebrew uh, what they mm. consider to be better versions of them. But, like, as a stock experience, the official drums are supposed to be pretty good. Mm. Particularly the Switch yep. one, I remember, reviewed quite well. 
I actually like uh, watched some reviews on the drums before playing Taku no Tatsujin, and mm. there, there were like the two ones that don't really do the um, drum mm. rolls like very well, but the the actual like the official ones are like very good. And there's the like official fancy ones that are like pretty much the same uh, experience as the arcade, but. We don't talk about those because they are way too expensive. Yeah, cause um, an arm and a leg. <laughs> cause an arm and a leg, and you're kidding. Then you can't even play it because you're one arm down. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> but terrible. But yeah, I like we were playing these, and it was. Can we buy a tram, please? Can we? Can we get a a, a taiko, please? It's like, yeah, I'll think about it. <laughs> oh, it's so the, the thing. I played a little bit of um the Vita version and you do like you play it with buttons you're just like I wish I had a fucking drum like I just want a drum I, it's so true yeah because <laughs> it feels it's like that game's fun. useless yeah. without the drum frankly I mean I don't know maybe not but that's kind of what it feels like you know <laughs> it's a lesser experience for sure it's like we we sports mm. tennis would be nothing if you're pressing the button in shake in, in space of a waggle like it does change the experience fundamentally mm. yeah but the, the underlying rhythm game is still pretty good even without the drum <laughs> yeah, and we've been like trying to like um what's the word for it? I guess outpoint the other one, like outscore the other one. Mm. And I I managed to do it once, but I need to go and do my training in the mountains of on the Taiko Mountains because I really want to get good at this rhythm game. It is a lot of fun. Um next up and one I thoroughly mentioned on on the Discord, uh, on our Discord, group Discord, is Murder by Numbers. And yeah. I think we talked about this one before. And yes, Murder Mystery with pictures. That's right up my alley. And the humor on this game is just amazing. Like, I don't know, there's something about having your uh, robot partner scout who also has learned to sass people and tell useful lies to get to to get out of trouble and get into trouble again. That is just charming. And I wasn't expecting to get also like extra characterization for the other main character that is Honor. And that is a very welcome change of pace because I don't know, like I love my I love my ace attorneys, but at the very least, uh, the, the first ones, Phoenix has its works. Like, he has his own story, I guess, but you don't get much into his own story besides the first game. So getting more to know more of Honor as the story goes on and how it, like, intertwines with what is happening now is neat. It's very, very neat. Yeah, and that was really purposeful with the first Ace Attorney. Like, I, I remember he like really purposely made it so that Phoenix was not like necessarily bland, but just like simpler so that you can kind of throw yourself onto the character more. But then like they kind of abandoned that later because they were like, oh, people just love these games. Phoenix can have a whole swap of personality. Yeah. Which I think Murders by Numbers like clearly benefits from the fact that like we know this works now. So it's just yep. like flesh them all out. She's <laughs> beautiful. The mm-hmm. And... Yeah, the game is absolutely beautiful. Uh, okay, before like just gushing about this game, I'm gonna jump into the next one. 
and the pedestrian, which, by the way, you're like this, I want to say a stick figure, a stick figure that jumps from, um, what's the word for it? Sign, sign to sign. sign. Mm. And you have to like sometimes rearrange the signs so, uh, you solve the puzzles and like get to the next level. There's, um, there's really no story. You just, you just jump from level to level and it's a lot of fun. I've played this for maybe half an hour, but the gameplay so far is solid. And finally, and this is a surprise to myself even, I decided to jump back into Genshin Impact because I talked before that about how there's so much more in the game right now. And I want to get to the new stuff, but first I have to get through the old stuff. So I have been quite the experience, like, first of all, relearning the controls, which wasn't like too big of a deal. Um, relearning what the hell my team was about, what combos I had planned with it or planned for it. And yeah, after like a day of struggling, I managed to get fully into the game, like back into the game and I have to say, um, the mere fact that I can, I, I, I can see that there are more materials right now that I get by exploring makes exploring more worth it. And I really want to get to the serenity portion because I want to build my home there. Hmm. And yeah, I, I hope that events come back because what has been going on like with Hoyaverse is that they have to like push back some of the updates like some of the banner character banners and character stories uh because of the uh various thing going on in China that they have to like go into a very serious lockdown that affected development again. Mm. Yet again. And, um, well, it seems they managed to get the ball rolling again because there's gonna be like more stuff coming. Like, which say is today? Like tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow there's gonna be like new stuff. So, oh my god, that, that was a lot. Rick, <laughs> your turn. I've got no less. That's the thing. <laughs> But, um, oh my god! <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start with something that I'm kind of not still playing, but I really want to fucking talk about, and that is System Shock for the PlayStation Vita. System Shock on the Vita? Yeah. Lord Almighty. Yeah. What? So basically, it's one of one of the few games that very clever community members have found a way to um, port is is kind of a generous term, but essentially wrap <laughs> in such a way that the Vita can use them. And actually, the System Shock one is remarkably good. So if you have uh, a copy of System Shock Enhanced Edition on GOG, uh, or indeed on Steam. Uh, it includes a copy of the Classic Edition, and the, the GitHub page for this port um, tells you which files to copy into the installed VPK on the Vita, uh, and then it will just run. Um, and it actually runs remarkably well. So um, a press of down on the D-pad switches you between mouse look and cursor move. Um, you have gyro aiming, in addition to that, it actually did a really excellent job of mapping all of the things. Um, it runs beautifully on Vita, which you'd hope. 
for a fucking PC game from the 90s. It would. And I've only played the opening bit. I'm going to come back to this later when I've got a bit more time. But I just wanted to talk about it because it's so cool that this is a thing that works. Mm. It, it shouldn't. Like, by rights... And you said I struggled to wrap my head around it. Sorry, go on. Yeah. And you said it's the classic version that they have run on there. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's got the enhanced, but then the enhanced edition only really tweaks a few things and gives you mouse look, which the version gives doesn't you it have that some graphical advancements too? Because I remember playing the enhanced version and it looked pretty, but I could be thinking about the remake demo that i played as well so i don't know quite possibly because i mean that's that's an entirely different game in essence it is it is big time i remember playing yeah because i was playing system shock a while back and it was it was fun but old (laughs) let us know in the comments down below what the difference is and hit like while you're doing it i think you're right though rick it's mostly control stuff and quality of life things that changed in the enhanced one which actually the wrapper seems to do it's just a case of it's pulling its files from the classic version um and it you know it's it's not a slapdash thing like the the, the control tooltips are, are mapped to what the vita would be they're not left over from the pc version there's loads of things where um it's done in a really smart way and it's it's just mad from the perspective of i can't believe that this is a thing that someone has made yeah. reality there's quite a few different ports of things like that like I, I plan to play minute fun racer at some point in the future that's been ported like that um, Gatto Roboto, various sort of VNs and other bits and bobs have been moved across. But I think System Shock is the single most baffling one and also probably the single most compelling and interesting to me personally. So that's kind of cool. Uh, another one that I've barely played but I want to talk about briefly is Luigi's Mansion for the 3DS. Hmm. Boy, it looks pretty. I, I never yeah. played the GameCube version, so I don't have a point of reference, but it looks damn good. And you can tell that it was designed with 3D in mind because the 3D is lovely. I, it's kind of silly. The main reason that I want to talk about this game is because, and I want both of you to do this with me, if you go to How Long to Beat, a great website for any of you who aren't aware that allows you to uh, (laughs) see how long it might take to beat certain games. And if you search Luigi, uh, you'll get a few games, including Luigi's Mansion, but also, right at the bottom, Waluigi's Taco Stand. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's got a HLTV entry with like a picture. It says Nintendo it's... 64. I think it's a ROM hack. It is a ROM hack, yeah. But I don't know what it's it a ROM hack like of. A ROM I never hack. looked further. I was just like, shit, that's a thing. I don't know what uh, it is yeah. a thing of, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you, you'll hear me talk about Luigi's Mansion in the future, but I just kind of wanted to talk briefly about what Luigi's Taco stand. Um, Damn. A couple of games I'm still technically playing but have nothing to talk about. Risk of Rain 2, still bloody excellent. Uh, the Witcher, I, as I was saying to Alex when we were doing setup earlier, I need to finish this game. And I've got a week off, so for fear of putting myself in a, in a position where I'm going to be very embarrassed in a couple of weeks when I've fucking not touched it, I would like <laughs> to try and get the game done in the next week or two. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Next up, the Android game that I, I teased earlier uh, by the developers of Invento. It's called Golf Peaks. It's a turn-based golf game. Oh, yeah. I've heard of this and one. And you, you play, instead of like a power meter and all that other thing, you have a predetermined sort of set of moves. Those moves are presented as little cards along the bottom of your screen, and they will have um, a space move amount, but also like whether they're just shots along the ground or chip shots. 
uh, and there are various different terrains that interact with those um, move tiles in different ways. It's another great puzzle, and you can tell that it's the same creative minds because they do that wonderful thing of presenting a new idea and through gameplay teaching you how it works and the um, the outer bounds of what that allows you to do and what things that changes for you. Um, I did briefly revisit Bento, telling revisiting Bento, excuse me, telling a friend about sort of Golf Peaks and, and the dev and what they've done before. And it's it stark when you play the opening few levels of Inventor again, just how cleanly that is done and how valuable that is to get you into a puzzle game. Um, Golf Peaks is lovely. It's like £1.80. It's a premium game, but it, it's the kind of premium game where you pay for it once and you get it and you get uh, a crafted finite experience. And I think it's amazing. Mm. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm picking nits, which I am, um, on the, the Samsung folding phone, um, sometimes it's kind of trimmed off in a way that you can't really see what you're doing. You have to open it up into tablet mode. Um, but I, that's an edge case. It, it, the game itself is excellent. And for most people listening, will format perfectly correctly on your phone. And the game itself is fantastic. I've played a lot more of Days Gone in the past couple of weeks. Um, I just found myself in more situations where I sort of vegged out in front of my TV with half an hour between things. And it's an easy one to dip in and out of. There's a lot of story to this that it really does take its time to get to, but is kind of compelling. And it's in contrast to the actual gameplay itself, which is pretty generic. It's it's every open world <laughs> zombie thing that you've ever experienced. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And probably not as bad thing, bad a thing for me personally, just because I don't play many open worlds. I've, mm. I've been pretty selective with them. And actually, generally, when I've played them, I found them to be excellent. You know, I... I adored ghost of tsushima had an excellent time with shadow of mordor um well, those are some of the top the late, of the field too the latest spider-man also but this is the thing i i don't play far cry every year i don't hmm. um really play gta at all because i find the traversal boring as all hell so when i play an open world i probably get a much more novel interaction with it than most um might even with that days gone is is it it's a little bit um what's the word i'm looking for repetitive Mm -hmm. um the environment feels relatively well put together but it also feels a little bit um wide and shallow you definitely rely a lot on the waypoint markers there's not really a lot to do beyond sort of bouncing from check waypoint to waypoint to waypoint um it also isn't very well put together in terms of level design um and, and in encounter design i don't feel so there's quite a few story missions where um if you get there at the wrong time of day it will like pan to the sky changing to the right time of day which is fine for the odd thing but also like a bit immersion breaking because you can see the dev going that, that's not quite how it's supposed to be you're playing the game wrong, mm. you silly Billy. Um, and the other one, the one that the one that truly infuriated me, um, I went to a story mission and there was something I had to go and check out. And I went to check it out and it wouldn't let me interact. It popped up with a message. You must be near your bike. <laughs> so I went and got my bike and I rode my bike over and it said, your bike must have more fuel. And only when I had brought my bike and refueled my bike 
would it let the scene play out? And I understand why, because the mission that followed required me to have enough fuel to do it. But then, if just you're give you the fuel way, to do it. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It's you know, even if you need to play a cutscene, it'd be like running back to get my bike, or if you just need to pop the bike in there. There are much better ways of setting that up, mm. and it. it it feels sloppy. I don't want to call it lazy because I do think the dev- the devs put a lot of time and love and care into this as generic as it is, but it's definitely lazy and it's um, careless. Mm. And there's there's quite a few little things about the design of this game that come through like that. The moment-to-moment gameplay is really, really strong, particularly in terms of encounters. I actually found the gunplay super compelling, um, particularly since I've unlocked the pump-action shotgun. I've really enjoyed um, my loadout of like a, a sniper that um, I scavenged from um, uh, a group of enemies that tried to ambush me with a sniper in a tree that I had to then try and pick out with a pistol while three of his mates were coming at me with melee weapons. Um, Using that and then pushing in with a shotgun and then also having like a little sidearm pistol that you can use silences on. And actually some of the best gameplay is using those silenced pistol shots in combination with like generic distraction throwables and a few of the other sort of bits and bobs you're given to move your way in and around the Freakers. Um, it is worth saying some of the, the game's possibly most unique content, i.e. dealing with Freaker Hordes, I've just not seen a lot of yet. And whether that's the game being confident in itself or whether that's uh, the game just not pacing itself right, it's probably up for interpretation, really. But the fact remains that some of the game's most compelling stuff is way into the game because I've played about 10 hours and I've I've not seen a fair bit of it. I'm still like picking my way into the story. And mm-hmm. I think it's no wonder that a lot of people drop off before the game gets good, especially when you consider it when it came out and the state that it was in when it came out. Now, as a free PS Plus game that I'm picking away with, I'm actually having a really, really good time with it. I do like it, but you can't fall anyone who bounced off this game or came away with a less than positive impression of it because the game really doesn't give itself the best chance in my view to be appreciated and and considered for what it does well so that's a strange one the bike the bike riding is nice as well actually i i like the way that a lot of that's integrated and and how everything centers around the bike Mm. it almost feels like uh, a layer of realism where you are reliant on that mode of transportation because without it, you are so easily overwhelmed both by human and non-human enemies. Uh, and that's another component to, to the whole game setup and the combat that is quite interesting to me. Um, so yeah, liking it, but not loving it. I'm really loving part-time UFO. Um, mm. I've been dipping in and out of this. I've got, well, I, I had three levels to go and then we had some technical difficulties when we were recording and, and while Alex was doing his best to fix them with Paola, um, I got to the point where I have one level left to go. Uh, this game's lovely, whether it's on Switch or um, mobile, both of the places it's available. Um, I'm going to talk about it more when I've finished it, which will definitely be for next time. But for this time, I, I, I just can't tell you how good it is. It, it, it's really charming and fun and joyous as a little game. Um, two more. First one is, um, I thought it was Elijah, uh, but the game proudly declares itself to be Oliah when you go into play it. So <laughs> O-L-I-J-A, of all the digital 2D action platforming thing, 
kind of story focused, but the story's a little bit vague in a way that I think works. Um, the whole aesthetic of an otherworldly, almost Nordic setting, these mystical enemies, this uh, cursed harpoon that's the central unique mechanic of the game, blending in with a lot of nice um, ambient-ish instrumental music through the background, these big chunky pixels that have a surprising amount of animation for, for the size and the way that they're structured. Um, as a package, it's really very compelling. The The unique mechanic is itself not super unique, so the, the harpoon you can throw and then either pull back to yourself or teleport to it. It unlocks a little bit in the way of platforming, um, a little bit in the way of combat, which again feels remarkably fluid given the the aesthetic and the way that the, the models are all set up. Seems like it's going to be a pretty short one. How long to beat have it listed around about the four hour mark? Um, I think I'm past the halfway point and I'm not even at two hours. So we'll see how that goes. But I got it at half price in the recent sale. I like it a lot so far. It's not blowing my mind, but it's been a very good time. Um, and finally, God of War Ascension for the PS3. You can kind of tell that we're running out of ideas by this one. Um, it, it's yeah. Not only is it still quite jarring, even having played three relatively recently, to go back to the whole QTE mashing thing, but also there's a few things that they've switched around in terms of um, controls and encounter setup just enough to throw you off a little bit. Um, it is worth saying this game pushes the PS3 to its absolute limit in terms of graphical fidelity. You could tell me it was a PS4 game, and I, I could be convinced. It, it really does look that good. Uh, similar to what God of War 2 did when it came out in, in the tail end of the PS2's life, really. Um, it, it, it goes beyond what you would think that hardware is capable of. And at its core, the gameplay is still pretty fun. It's still quite limited. You know, it's, it's very mashy. Um, there's not a lot besides it, which is both a good and a bad thing. Um, this is one that I, I do already, even just an hour in, feel like I'm kind of playing out of obligation. And that's not ideal. Um, we'll see if I finish it. I expect I will. Um, I've got a few podcasts and other things where I need to be present but not active, where I can see myself getting a fair ways through the rest of this game. Um, it's not made the best first impression, let's put it that way. And again, it's it's not bad per se, but it certainly doesn't do enough to be good, even to the level of the previous God of Wars. Um, two especially, I felt like, was the standout, the ones I've played so far on the PSP, um, two that came out, Chains of Olympus and Ghost of Sparta. Um, this doesn't get anywhere near those highs yet, but it is early days. Um so beyond beyond the spectacle, we'll see if any of the rest of it can can bring itself up to that. Um, so that that's everything in terms of my playing. Um, it's worth saying before we get to the topic briefly. Um, I have since we last recorded decided oh, yeah. what my winning how long to beat the game game would be. Um, so the three of us, at my request, this month are going to be playing a game called Dungeon of the Endless. Um, this is a game from 2014, originally released for PC. It has had more recent console ports. Um, so I am replaying it on Switch, having played the PC original very, very close to when it released. Uh, Paolo is also playing on PC. Um, and 
you at home may want to play along because it was given away on Steam about 18 months ago. So it's a very good chance you have this sat in your library. Uh, Alex, the silly quote-unquote gamer that was, didn't claim the free game on Steam and so is instead I only started playing PC games like this year. <laughs> <laughs> but I had it. It was, it was like heavily discounted on the Switch. It was like 5CAD, I think. So I was like, yeah, I had that gift card. I'll be honest. Like I was talking to Rick about this. I started started playing it um, last night. This game has zero fucking tutorial. Like it tells you, it's nothing. not a good tutorial. I it, it's very brief. Yep. It's very honestly. I'm glad that you're getting us to play this for this because if I were to have tried this on my own, I would have shelved this game immediately because I have zero interest in shit tutorial <laughs> games. I'm like, if you're not going to teach me how to play your fucking game, I'm not going to play your fucking game. Um, so it's just like no thanks. But knowing that you know what you're doing, I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to get to enjoy this game. <laughs> and, and I have to say, having played the tutorial, I'm like, I only know what I'm doing because I already played this game before. Um, briefly for the people at home, um, this game is a weird, unique mix of real-time strategy, dungeon crawling, and roguelike elements. Uh, you play as prisoners on a penal ship, which crash lands. Uh, you have to escort your power source through the dungeon that you're traveling through to try and find a way to safety um the whole game sort of centers around exploring while also managing resources in particular a resource called dust which allows you to power rooms uh rooms that are powered cannot spawn monsters um and that's important because you need to manage where monsters are and aren't spawning and fending them off because if monsters get at your power source it will cause the game over. And that can very quickly spiral out of control if you're not careful. There's a lot of things tangential to that basic premise that mm. the tutorial just straight up doesn't tell you. Yeah. Um, for this... example, most pertinently, and I'd kind of forgotten this from when I played this last, um, it, the game progresses by you finding the exit through your exploration mm. and then forging and navigating a path for the crystal to be carried from its start point to its end point. Uh, the moment that you touch the crystal to pick it up, you cannot put it down. And at that point, any unpowered room is fair game for a constant stream of monsters. Uh, you cannot hope to fend them off forever. You can only aim to fend them off long enough to get the crystal to the exit. If, like me, you foolishly go, oh, I wonder what happens when I interact with the crystal at the start of the level. Uh, it's too <laughs> fucking late. It's way yep. too fucking late. Uh, and, and the tutorial doesn't really signpost that. Certainly not not properly. Not to the point that I felt was necessary. So, Early days um, can only get better for Alex. I, I have to say I found it quite refreshing, um, both going back to it and also seeing how well it was bound to controller. Because as a, as a mouse and keyboard-centric game originally, I was curious how they would make that work. Other than slightly finicky navigation between rooms from a macro perspective with the left stick, I actually think they've done a pretty good job of moving everything around. And it's worth saying as well that the game is... Um, pause any time and you can give orders and, and strategize while uh the in-game time is stopped so it it's not the kind of game where you're going to be overwhelmed with lots of rapid fire decisions because you can at any time press pause and, and recalculate and, and strategize so it's much more cerebral than it is frenetic have you played any of it paula so far paula excuse me yeah if you have, how do you feel I remember playing this one, like, I think it was a year or two ago, uh, with a group of people. So mm. I do remember uh, being told not to touch the crystal by yep. any means before 
we had like a clear road. So I didn't get too fucked up that one. But I remember it being a lot of fun. I really want to know graphs like the if like all the aspects of the gameplay because again at the time I was playing with people who knew where what they were doing so I didn't get to do much. But now I'm very excited because I'm gonna get to like the nitty gritty stuff of the game. Mm. So we'll, we'll be talking much more about this in the next few weeks. Um, we'll see if Alex who... figures out how to play it. You really need to figure out how to play it. Yeah. And if anyone wants to play along at home, you are more than welcome. Let us know how it goes in the Discord, on the email, in the comments, on the forums, wherever you can find us. Yeah, and if you have played it, send me all your tips and tricks, please. I will happily consume them. <laughs> um, well, why don't we jump into our topic then for this week, which is mm. negative video game tropes, or just, I guess, tropes in general. So, like, th- this was one that um, was brought up by the resident cock, um, which I have to say every time, Matt. I just Mr. Right. Buddy. <laughs> Mr. Right. <laughs> so, um, essentially, there's a series of questions in here around, like, um why are they still around if they're so disliked and flawed um how can we play it better things like that but i thought something that we could kind of touch on first is just in general like because because i think when we talk about tropes and for those who are maybe like what's a trope um a trope is basically just kind of like a repeated um thing that is done often in media right on any kind of media right like it's something that you get uh, to a point where um it's like i guess the best way to describe it is a, it's it's almost like a symbol that represents some idea that's been simplified and used very often right um and i, and I think the best maybe idea for that is like a person wearing a cape is what Right, like we have that symbol, and then a superhero does what? Well, superhero, a co- what's a common superhero trope? Wearing the pants over the trousers. Uh, there, that's one. Or you, uh, that, that's that's great, actually. Yeah. Um, although for us Americans, you know, pants underwear. But anyway, <laughs> you are welcome to be wrong. Yeah, it's fair. Hey, look, it's all good. But underwear makes sense because it's you know, wearing underwear. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, or like the idea that like their parents are killed, you know, that kind of shit. Um, and so in general, tropes aren't necessarily a bad thing, right? Cause like it's shorthand for storytelling um, or for mechanics, but it can get overused big time. Um, and I think too, like this first question, why are they still around if they're so disliked and flawed? I feel like that question sort of answers itself a little bit in the sense that like, mm. they're not actually a bad thing, right? Like for instance, one trope that I think is the audio log. Like that's a pretty huge trope at this point, right? That like your narrative is going to be sent to you through little audio logs or like, um, you know, you know, books or stuff that you find in the world, which is been overused big time and is sometimes absolutely terrible, but then also can be really freaking great. <laughs> and so it's just like, I, I think it's even less that it necessarily has to go anywhere. It's just that I think it's very lazily done, right? Like it, it it's such it can so easily be done poorly, like in uh, Remnant, for example. It's just not very it's good. It's use versus misuse, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, the one that always jumps out at me is like Little Child in Big Scary World, which Limbo did, and then like every game mm-hmm. that was made by an indie developer since has done because it 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 chalks it off, and it, it it's done almost as a hand wave in some cases where 
Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, you need a story. Fucking here you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and then that's the thing. It's laziness. It's misuse. It's misuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also think too, actually, something you were talking about earlier, the open world, right? Like all game must yeah. be open world. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Well, we're gonna funny. get. Oh, we're already getting open world fatigue by this point. Mm-hmm. And the, the interesting thing with that is that can be the opposite of laziness because it takes a lot of yeah. work to build that. Although it can also not take a lot of work in cases such as Far Cry Primal when you just use the same Mac a second time and just whack a few different textures in there. Which I will actually defend Far Cry Primal. That game is fun as fuck. Um, yeah, it is really fun. Just, just just, because of the unique things that they do with it and whatnot. But you're totally right that it, it is pretty just kind of standard. But I, I don't even think it's done out of laziness. I think it's done out of uh, market research-ness where like... You know, like I think a lot of companies see like, ooh, this game big and it's and it's popular, so let's make a let's make an open world, like let's find like those elements that seem to be good. But also too, like open worlds can just last longer, right? You've got a lot yeah, of these um, Yeah. And the thing is is that especially with video game prices going up, mm-hmm. uh they kinda feel like they need to justify the like how much they are charging you by including more content, but I guess like sometimes they go with uh, quantity over quality that, oh, because some t- open world games can be like very, very empty in a way, or like have like be populated by the same kind of quest like over and over again, which I understand. Sometimes you need to have like two sides of a side quest because designing a side quest is like trying to design a whole game into inside the game. But there's like a balance that needs to be struck there. Well, exactly. And I think, interestingly, like, I am someone who, I I do enjoy the Far Cry games and like the Assassin's Creed games and stuff. Like, they're obviously, like, as a sum of their parts, the sum, if you were to just play on its own, it's just shite, right? But like, some of what the open world games get away with is the fact that like, as a whole, it's fun enough because like the the like the loops that are within it, especially when I think of a Far Cry game, the like loops of taking down, you know, uh, a commune or like a compound or something and, and capturing it or like racing through on some kind of vehicle is very fun. But then the overall thing that you're playing is pretty bland, right? Like there's not actually an interesting story. You're just kind of being talked to over a phone for pretty much the whole game with interspersed cutscenes here and there. But like, Either way, there's enough shit to do that you can make your own kind of fun out of it, right? And I think, like, part of me thinks why that, like, I think that's one of the reasons why that open world thing has kind of stuck around, because, like, it's almost kind of a surefire way of, like, there are more people are going to hate your game if it's a very singular focused experience. Um, If that's not the experience they're looking for, then a big open world game that has multiple things that people can engage with that a lot of people might not like, but um, at least someone will find something they enjoy. You know what I mean? The kitchen sink approach, yeah. Just throw throw everything at it and see what sticks. Hopefully something for someone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so I think, and like, oh, thinking of how could they be implemented better, like when I think of that open world in particular, it's like you look at Breath of the Wild and stuff, like just new ideas on it right like making it a part of like the game itself and in fact i think most tropes as long as they're integrated you know deeply into the game 
um, can make them better. I yeah, know, it's like it... intention and, and focus yeah, like... of, of creative design. Mm-hmm. For example, one thing that often comes with a big open world games like traversal, and if you don't have like a way to be able to run from one place to the other, or like I don't know, teleport, or like some uh, way to quickly travel from one point to the next, or to make your travel easier, then you're uh, running into some trouble because, like. On one hand, you have to balance, okay, I have a big open world, so I want the players to see the big open world, but at the same time, it is a big open world, so players are going to take a lot of time going from one point to the next. So how do I do it? So, so how do I include like a way of fast traveling in a way that doesn't like completely destroy the exploration, for example? Yes. Oh, sorry. I just thought of another one that... Go ahead. Is this the one that you named? What? Uh, no. Before? No. The icons? I... No. No, 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 no. I'm thinking of a new, another trope. So, can we please, for the love of all that is fucking holy, get rid of slowly walking to your next mission while some motherfucker tells you shit that you need to know? Because Doubly I... Doubly so when motherfucker walks at a slightly different pace to you. Oh my god! Oh at my least god, give yes. me a follow thing, right? Actually... Yeah, I hate that so much. Like, they're then they're moving weird and they get hit into stuff, and you're like, "Bro, I need you to just move fucking forward so that I can continue this game." <laughs> like, I, that's all yep. I need. Or like the car driving yeah, like, things, GTA. I'm like, or like, <laughs> or like when you have to like, um, I guess guide someone from one section of the game to the next, but they don't like. Uh, if you go out of the room without them being like close-ish to you. They get lost in the dungeon and it's like, no, why? Just why? They go, yeah, oh god. And like, I mean, that's kind of in the escort mission area as well, which like obviously those tropes even, I think people just hate them because like AI has just been pretty bad for a long time. And like obviously there are some that have done it very well, like escort missions where you actually don't have to really worry about your escort, like Last of Us or something like that, right? It's like, hey, look, they did a great job because they kind of fixed the, the niggling issues with it. But like, yeah, I, I just, I cannot stand that kind of design in a game like it just to me i mean love of all that is holy what is the point right like if there's important information that you have to give me making me and red dead 2 is so guilty of this super guilty of this i would say rockstar in general is the one who's like trying to like keep this trope going like by sheer force of will (laughs) like no we like it and i was like no one else does but we do (laughs) like come on (laughs) it's just killing me um i i also think too like the mid-game tutorial stuff like especially really really like big tutorial sections that you can't skip um they kind of get me a little bit like and and i understand like because tutorials are a fine line right like we talked dungeon the endless there's not enough in there but then also it's like you know how some games um will re-give you a tutorial of a thing that you've been doing in the game now that you've kind of like officially hit the point where they think you should start doing it. And like uh, open worlds are kind of, I think more guilty of this than most <laughs> games. Pokemon. Pokemon, yeah. And you're just like, bro, I know now. And like, I actually find Yakuza and like Lost Judgment does a really good job of this where like they'll give you one splash screen and it goes away. But then what they do is they really kind of discreetly put controls on the right-hand side of your screen where like you don't always see it. But like when you're doing a special thing, it's just like, 
hey, if you forget, it's right there. And I'm like, that I really like because it's not intrusive, but like, if I just kind of forget what, I, what I'm supposed to hit, it's like, oh, yeah, there it is right there. You know, like instead of these just like, why don't we do a big, long, drawn out tutorial so you figure out how to do this little tiny thing in the game? Like, I just, no, <laughs> you know, let me find it. Another thing that is like kind of interrupts your, your game in a way is like, I have nothing against the trope of, um, um, random encounters as mm. long as they are executed like well mm. or like for example in Bravely Default as much as I don't like what they did like halfway through the game the combat was very fluid and was very quick mm. Persona 5 um, I have a lot of things to say about the game, but again, the combat is very fluid, it's very fast-paced, even though it is turn-based. But, for example, old-school Pokemon is like, come on, you can, like, do the uh, level-up thing, like, separate, like, they do it on Pokemon Arceus, that the battle is over, and then, like, as you walk, they give you, like, the information of which Pokemon level up, mm. from what I've seen. But having to just wait for all that information to just sink in slowly because the, the, they do it like very, very slowly. It kind of gets on my nerves when, especially when they're, I don't know, you take a step and you get another random counter. That there's no cooldown. Oh, I see. What you you're could literally now. like just look the other way and oh, random encounter. I am still in the same patch of grass. Damn it. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that's something that like that's one that's really gone away. Fortunately, like people have kind of really stepped away from the like constant uh, random encounters. And there's got to be something about the programming that's done that because I don't know exactly what it was, but I feel like back in the day, and I don't know. I would love to know people who maybe know some of the background on this stuff, but. It almost seems to me like they're rolling some kind of like, you know, dice for better uh, in terms of it, every step you take in those grasses with like probability counters going up. So that like literally just an, it seems like it's tied to you hitting the input of moving. Right. Because like you said, there's times where you can literally end a battle and then you hit the move button and you're back in a battle. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, what is happening? Yeah, like, I think at the very least for Pokemon, it is like a fix probability yeah so it but for other games like i'm gonna say persona q for example you have like a little icon on the screen and the more you walk the more um the higher the probability you get into getting like into a battle but that probability is not unknown it is shown to you and it has i guess it has some kind of like a timer going with it because it has to reach like the like it has to go like from green to red, yeah. Before you get another encounter, that's so it's lifted straight from other dungeon crawlers like Etrian Odyssey. Yeah, um, yeah. I I like that most system though because it makes you feel somewhat in control. Because if you stop moving, that threat counter doesn't go up. It goes yeah. up as you move, and it gives you not not agency, but the sense of agency. Mm. And I think that that's the point with that trope in particular. It feels like you're powerless and you, you have no insight into why and when and how and uh, yeah. that that meter just gives you that yeah. big time big time I also have to say 
the and Metroidvanias are very guilty of this, but like the at the end hour, let's get rid of all of your abilities moment. I just fucking kill me. Like when games do this, I'm just like, <laughs> oh, okay, here comes a section, or like, and they'll often pair it with like a really slow crawl, like you've been injured, you know, that trope where like you're hurt and now you can't move fast, and you're just like, Ugh, I have to inch forward to this next random marker that will continue the story, and also I don't have my powers I anymore. Cinematic, right? It's it's the cinematic issue, and you know what? I think we could tie this in with. Uh, QTEs because I feel like QTEs uh, came along with the cinematic idea where they're like we want to do these really cool set pieces but most gamers are pretty bad at these games <laughs> so what do we do put in button presses while we play a cool cutscene you know and that one at least is going away with the whole accessibility thing like Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. that I know we both played that don't think you played that power but you absolutely should hey, just giving you the option to fucking turn them off oh it's so nice <laughs> Yeah. That game was so much better without them. I was like, oh, uh, this is beautiful. I, I tried to think what it was like with. I never found out. I turned them straight off and I never looked back. I played a little bit of it with them and I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> mm, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Oh, we did. Mm. If, if I'm playing Guardians of the Galaxy during QTEs because I can stand them. Yeah, but mm. at the same time, I kind of like them in the, like, the Dark Pictures anthology games. You know? Like, I'm like, oh, it's kind of fun in these ones. Um... And again, I think it's because of like the intentionality of them. Like in the Dark Pictures games, I'm supposed to always be focusing on what's going on. Um, and it's not it's never super clear when to stop paying attention in the sense that like but the problem is that I think in a lot of games where QTs are used terribly, it's because, oh, cutscene, I'm not supposed to do anything anymore. But then they're like, But sometimes you might have to press a button and it's like, Okay, guys, but like what? You know, like like, are you serious? Like, even in the Dark Pictures games, they're very clear when, like, you know, quick time events are going to come up. Like, they make it so that it's like, start paying attention. Like, you're probably gonna have to do something here in a second, you know? Um, they might even slow down for a second and then start going into it. And I'm like, that just feels nice instead of just, you know, you're playing a game and then all of a sudden it's like, press the P button really fast. And you're like, well, I was just watching a movie. <laughs> like, chill out, yeah, man. Like, other thing that I've heard it has been done with some QTs is that they give you like a fan cinematic if you fail. Yeah. But I can't remember which game was it. Like, I I remember my boyfriend telling me about one game that did it. It was like, yeah, like I usually don't like it uh, big time events, but in this particular time, there was like this thing that just gave you a funny scene if you failed it. Oh, well, I think the the some of the Yakuza games are a little bit like that, where like if you mess up a choice or mess up a QTE, you get a really funny <laughs> sort of thing that happens after. But the Tomb Raider games are what I'm thinking of for ones where like when you mess up the QTE, it's just like the most gruesome deaths. I remember it was like kind of tonally shocking when I was playing those games. I was like, what the? F-? Like these are the reboots, right? Where like you miss yeah. this button and then all of a sudden she's like impaled through the neck or something. Mm-hmm. You're like what oh. the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it was like. You're like, okay, I guess that's what I get for missing the A button. <laughs> yeah, this game has no chill. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, but again, like like we see, like all of these tropes can be imp- implemented really well, right? And like honestly, some trope for me is like crafting and everything, right? Or like farming and everything. Like there's games nowadays where it's just like, hey, we had this crazy crafting system, and I'm like, okay, cool. But like 
why you know like some games but then again in other games it makes perfect sense right and is like the core element of the game but i just find that like and i think maybe what it's more is with these tropes is that like when you take an element of a game and you just kind of almost thoughtlessly include it and obviously not thoughtlessly like obviously they think about what they're doing but there is something missing in the connection together with the rest of the game, which maybe comes from these being developed in large teams, right? Like there could be something that's implemented into the game that is a really interesting idea or that they want to do, or they're just like, shit, man, we have to get from this scenario to this scenario, and I don't know what to do. Walking mission with a couple QTs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, another trope that this is more like of a visual novel trope in general mm. that people tend to dislike uh, sometimes is having like a true route in the sense of it's a true route that invalidates any other route from uh, like mm. or like I guess they a true route that somehow it manages to sip the joy out of the um, other routes which by the way I haven't really encountered this one but I've heard the the one atomic that I'm currently playing has uh, that one issue. But I think it's like a very common tra- uh, trope in some of the games that haven't been localized, especially, or like the um, or you know what? Having too many fucking routes can be a bad trope. Like like if you only want to have like a lot of routes just to have like, which I get it. You want variety on your routes so players can find like whatever route they, they like and spend money money on your game. But there's so there's a thing called too many fucking routes and having too many routes that doesn't make fucking sense. And look at you, Hakuoki. <laughs> Sorry. I had a phone to pick with that one because sometimes there's like you're sometimes some games may overstay their welcome by having like a route, a route, an entire route that just is there just to be there. And it's like, it doesn't add up anything to the story, the character writing is shit. And well, yeah, this is fluff. more of a writing route. <laughs> I mean, you can have fluff, but you can have like good fluff, or you can have this fluff. But at the end of the day, they're all fluff. <laughs> they're fluff. But yeah, like... Like games do many, that way too much. Too, There's lots of yeah, padding, right? Too much content, yeah. Or so much content that is like Yeah, I I guess there's a lot of content of this game, but how much of the game was actually enjoyable because you had to put like way too many side quests that were like exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that's gotta be the ultimate negative design trope, content for content's sake. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? Well, Shall we um, venture on then? I think we hit a lot of tropes here. I mean, if there's some tropes that you're thinking of that we didn't talk about, let us know. Send mm. us a message. Who knows? Maybe we'll take this up again at some point. Because um, there's still a few questions we didn't hit on. Which maybe that is a how long to beat trope. <laughs> Not getting through everything on our topics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't at us like that, man. <laughs> or do at us like that. I don't know. Um, shall we move on to... How long to beat the game? I think Paula, is this your turn for this one? Your, it is. Your, so... your name is Starred. 
Yeah, the oh, this one is, is fun. Paolo's turn. Yes. Okay, Paolo, what do we got? Um, Sendan Kagura burst. Uh, okay. Sen Sengan? Did you Senran say? Kagura. Sendan Kagura. Sendan Kagura. Okay. The titty girl fighting game. Oh, and which one is it? <laughs> Senran Kagura. That's a great question. That's what I want to know burst. too. Burst. That burst. Burst. That doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> Does it? No. The okay, title, I'm gonna okay, just the the art for this. Dear God, <laughs> like I think I know exactly what kind of game this is. All right. Yes, you, yes, you do. <laughs> oh, lordy, I mean, hey, look, whatever okay. floats your boat. Uh, <laughs> Let's hang on. Action so beat em up. And this burst renewal is it like the base version that we're looking at? Yeah, yeah it looks like it's just burst, right? Burst. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I keep saying burst. <laughs> oh, that was a 3DS one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And just a 3DS one. That is interesting. So, besides your usual main story, main plus extras, and completionist, um, I'm gonna go with what's the current rating of this game on how long to beat? Oh, the rating. Interesting. Um, man, I'm I'm kind of at a loss with this one to be honest. Um, I've never played any of these games. Me what neither. But without I'm without showing my hand, I've I've got a vague-ish idea. Okay. Well, I'm gonna say, yeah. Yeah. In the meantime, I'm gonna just read the little description on how long to read. It says, a little violent, a little sexy, and ton of fun. Enter a world filled with beautiful ninjas destined to break down the barriers between good and evil. And that's the whole description. Uh, this feels okay. like, you know, um, those, like, mouse mats where the wrist support is, like, boobs, and then the mouse mat itself is the face. feels <laughs> like that, the video game. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're like very on it with that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Sorry. I'm almost there. I've already sent mine, so it's all on you, Alex. All right. I did some guesses here. I I feel Mm -hmm. like I haven't been doing super hot on these. Uh, I did it pretty well last week, I guess. But all right. I mean, you're going better than me, so currently in the lead, man. By one point. Okay, yeah. After one game. Yeah, I know. know. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not let's not go too far here. (laughs) So, uh, I'm gonna go like category by category. So first of all, main story. Rick said twelve hours. Alex said fifteen hours. And the point goes to Alex because it is 15 and a half hours. Shit. Okay. 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 I'm, I'm happy with that so far. <laughs> um, For main plus, Alex says 20 hours. Rick says 24 hours. Hmm. And main plus extras, it is 22 hours. That's exactly Wait. in the middle. No, it's not. That, no, that's, it's not. That's a point. No, it's not in the middle. No, it's not in the middle. It's closer to. It is in the middle. 
It is in the middle. It is in the middle because it's 21, 22, 23. So both a point? <laughs> yeah, point each. Yeah. I'll share I guess. Close. Yeah. And then we have for, for completionists, we have Rick says 80. Whoa. Alex yeah, says I, 30. I, I, shot, I think 30. You've undershot for sure. You undershot big time, Alex, because it oh. is 63 and a half hours. So wow. They they have multiple characters. Like hundred percent for these games is is right. big business. I just I honestly didn't know. Like I'm like I don't know how. I just assumed they weren't very long. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not proud that I know that that's a thing, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's currently two points apiece, right? Yeah, I'm at five now, and you're at two. Yeah, let's see. Right. And now we are going for the bonus round. Mm. Let's see who got the rating right. So, this is a big. Why guess. are you laughing so much? I almost <laughs> guessed something else for this. I was really close to putting a certain number. As I bet what you almost guessed is what I actually guessed. I should have. Okay. Alex said seventy-two percent. Rick went full. Rick being cheeky as he is, he went six point nine percent. Nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. And you're gonna laugh because Rick was spot on. That's no, crazy. spot on. No way. That's awesome. That's awesome. Sixty. That's amazing oh, that that game is at that perfect. right now. Um, awesome. Why well, then that that means that I'm at five, Rick's at four, and Pal is at two now. So that's where we're at. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay, Pal. You still got a long time to get up there. Um, oh dear! I'm around next week to claw the points back. You could clean sweep it and take the lead. Yeah, who knows, guys? It'll be my round next week, so we'll see what happens. All right, thank you all for tuning in for this week's episode. We'll see you next time.